understand the economy, you have to understand human nature. This podcast is powered by Acast. Welcome to the David McWilliams podcast, the podcast, as you know, that tries to make economics a little bit more comprehensible, a little bit more relevant, and hopefully a little bit more tangible for everyone's lives. Now, this week, we've got a bonus episode for you brought to you by Irish Life. Now, they've asked us to give you the lowdown on pensions, the idea of putting something aside for your retirement, all that stuff. John and I are kind of very worried about this because our retirement is coming up quite soon. I'm not even sure if I have a pension. And there's nothing in the cupboard. Was, what was her name? Mother Hubbard. Wasn't that the old... Old uh, Mother thing? Hubbard. They went to the cupboard. There was nothing there. It was all... Anyway, anyway. So we're going to talk about pensions. We're also going to talk to Sandra Rocket from Irish Life in a couple of minutes. John, pensions. The cupboard is empty. Yeah. What are we going to do, Mike? Well, we're just going to work, <laughs> work for work, hours and exactly hours it. and hours. And we should actually start setting aside some shekels. Yeah, absolutely. Now, speaking, uh, speaking of shekels, right? Yeah. And the shekel is the oldest currency in the world. Right, yes. Uh, Sumerian currency. I thought it was it not the... What was the, the city you were in in Lebanon? Ah, the city of Baalbek. Yeah, yeah. But that they had Tyrian silver. Now, that comes after. That's that, it. That Tyrian was, silver. That was a drachma. And do you know what a drachma means in Greece? Now, this is very interesting. Go on. It means a handful, right? All right, okay. Because the currencies were a handful of wheat. That's what they started as. That was the measurement. Okay. So drachma in Old Greek means a handful. So I'll pay you a handful. And then right. that went the drachma. And the drachma, the Greek drachma, which was only, only deposed in 2000, existed for over 3,000 years, that expression, the drachma, as right. a currency. But now the shekel was... So if you had big hands, you'd be doing all if right. If big hands, you'd be doing grand, exactly. You don't know that about Greek fellas. <laughs> no, but the pension, the shekel is even, even older, and it comes from Sumeria. And again, a shekel was a weight of wheat, because before coins, there were weights. Yeah. And weights were actually the key to all economic management and all money and all value and all that sort of stuff. But pensions... I was looking up pensions. I'm reading a book at the moment, right, called Money Changes Everything yeah. by a guy called William Goatsman. It's a, re- it's a history of all sorts of weird things about money and how it changes the world. But he was making the point that the first pension comes from Octavian, who became Caesar Augustus, the first Roman emperor. Right. right? After give us the, a year, give us a year. The, actually, Jesus' time. Right. He, from, from about 27 BC to 14 AD, he ruled. So when... Jesus was knocking around, Herod and all those good lads. And the pension was 12 times the average salary. If you served 16 years in the Roman army as a soldier, you got 12 times your annual salary, either in cash and silver, or you got it in a big chunk of land. And the idea was was to actually give the soldiers something to fight for. So they'd remain in the army. Because the pension, it's like, you know, when your mother would say, get that good job, the great pension. Yeah, 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 so yeah, basically exactly. Octavius was doing the same thing. He was saying to the soldiers, there's a great pension. Do a bit of head kicking over there in Palestine for yeah. us and over there in Syria and whatever. Then when you come home, we will give you a gaff. Get and the that, good chunk of land is a good one though. 12 times your, oh uh, yeah. So the chunk of land. And it's, it, you know, it's fascinating. I was again reading about when, when, when I was a kid, you know, the expression, the expression pounds, shilling and pence. Yeah. Right. Now, my dad used to refer to that in the old way as LSD, okay? Yeah. They used to refer to money, right? And that comes from Libra, Soldat, and Denari. Okay. So the L, the pound is a Libra, 
Okay, the shilling is the soldat and the denarii is the pence, right? right? They all come from Roman coinage that was in use in London. Imagine this, 2,000 years ago, and the echo remains through all the Anglo-Saxons and the Tudors and all the, all the British, that LSD, you know, the pound sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pound sign is Libra, it's an L. Right, it comes yeah, from, yeah, yeah. And the soldat, and the reason this is the, the key to the soldiers, is because the soldiers were paid their monthly salary every month in salt. Because salt was the commodity that was really valuable. Right. So you know he's worth his salt. Yeah. That expression. That yeah, comes yeah, from yeah, like yeah. this. And that, so soldat comes from soul, which is salt in Latin. And that's where the word soldier comes from. The now fella who that's, paid. Now that's interesting, Mike. Isn't that that's... bad stuff? This is the, we're going to talk about pensions. <laughs> and then so, so, the, so the only guys who look at, get looked after are the soldiers, right? Yeah. And the pensions. Then in about... 1635, the Germans, or German states, introduce pensions for widows of clergymen and widows of teachers. Right. And do you remember the great Scottish insurance company, Scottish Widows? Yes. Yeah, All yeah, based yeah. on that idea that we look after. And then it was Bismarck who brought in the state pension because Bismarck was an avowed anti-communist and Marxian thought was becoming very, very popular in yeah. the late 19th century. And Bismarck said- well, But is pension not a kind of a, you know, spreading the wealth type of thing? Well, the idea would be that basically we forget that for the vast, vast, vast history of humanity, old age was associated with abject poverty. Right. We forget that. Yeah. Right, that the vast majority of old people died hungry and very, very poor all throughout human history. Mm unless you had a nice family to look after you. And that wasn't always the case. Yeah. So, you know, poverty and old age were absolutely linked together. Bismarck came in and said, hold on a second. What we're going to do is we're going to counterbalance Marxist utopian talk, right, from the German left by the German right, which was Bismarck, mm. okay, introducing things like the state pension, welfare, the welfare state, all that sort of stuff. So he was trying to actually take the carpet from under the communists. And he introduced the pension. Right, okay. In, yeah, in the, in the late 19th century. And basically all European or Northwest European welfare states are based on Bismarck's thinking. But the reason he was doing it was because the left were becoming incredibly powerful amongst the workers. And the right realized we've got to give them something to basically disembowel the left. And the pension was one of the great things. Wow. That, that Bismarck, is fascinating. Yeah, and then Bismarck started that. Uh, the, fr the, the Americans had a pension in the Revolutionary Wars. They paid their own soldiers. But they yeah. paid them, of course, in, remember, in Continentals. Oh, yeah. Couldn't give a continent. Which are about the same value as sterling today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The but old the, sterling pension now. Sterling, <laughs> you don't want a sterling pension. You don't want a sterling pension. But that's the background noise. And, of course, the whole idea, John, in pensions is the following, is that if a society gets old, and all societies do, mm. and if we don't set aside money when we're younger, when we're working, right, the chances of us being able to earn, because earnings fall off a cliff as you get older, yeah, in certain areas, yeah. okay? In other areas, they probably don't, but certain areas. And the dilemma for Ireland is the following. Ireland has a state pension. Most people have a state pension, okay? But it's not something that's going to cover you. Yeah. For, for expenses, because it's an incredibly expensive country. But also, one of the keys to pensions, to whether or not we're in a, a worrying position, is the relationship between 
young and old. Now, Ireland right now has an extremely flattering position between young and old. Okay, but that's not always going to be the case. How do you mean? Explain that. Do you remember that book I wrote, The Pope's Children? I, I do. Okay, right? God almighty, okay, I do. Yeah, okay, yeah. well, that was about a baby boom that occurred, amazingly, nine months after the yeah. day when the Pope came. Yeah. Is, so Irish people responded to the Pope by fornicating, okay? But, 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 that baby boom, right, through the late 80s, is where the bulk of the Irish population is now. So they're now 40. They're late yeah. 30s, early 40. That's where the big bulk of the population is. In the 1960s and 1950s, the people who now in Ireland would be 80 or 70, a huge proportion of them emigrated. So they actually live somewhere else. So our small pension-dependent population, our pension population is much smaller than it would be in any other country. So you have this extremely weird, what we call the population tree. You know, when you look at the way the population, the bulges in population, we have a very, very small pension age. And we have a very, very big working age. So there's now at least two workers for every one pensioner, mm. for every one dependent. Yeah. And, but that's going to change. As those Pope's children, kids get older, so they're now in their 40s, so the blink of an eye, they'll be in their 60s. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, and they start to get old, and it's them that have to provide for themselves because there aren't enough workers coming up behind us because our population at the end of the pyramid is shrinking. So we're becoming, we're, we will look much more like a normal European country yeah. in about or 20 Japan, years. Japan, which is another great example of... Where they, they sell more nappies for old people than babies. Oh, Jesus, really? There's a, is there's a stat there's a, Well, it's, it's, it's an image. Yeah. <laughs> it's an image. But so, so, so the pension thing, which is very articulate, the pension thing, yeah. the, the pension, I, I wouldn't say crisis, I wouldn't, but it is coming. Yeah. And the state won't able to be, because at the moment, you know, the, the state pension and, and public service pension, for example, is basically a, a bit of a pyramid scheme that the amount of money at the top is dependent on the amount of money coming in at the coming bottom. In, yes. So it's, it's, you know, it's basically a pay as you go. So there's a yeah. pot there, right? But what will happen as the amount of workers coming in at the bottom shrinks relative to the amount of workers getting paid at the yeah. top, yeah. that will actually go into reverse and we will have a serious pension dilemma. I'm not saying, they say time bomb, I'm not saying that, but we will have a dilemma and we will have to raise taxes in order to pay pensions. And therefore it becomes a political dilemma unless people provide for Well, let's let's talk about that then. So so what's the solution? What's the key solution? Well, I think, why don't you and I, amateurs, cede the ground to a professional on this? Sandra Rockert is the Director of Retail Wealth and Distribution at Irish Life. She knows all about these pensions. Sandra, how are you? And lovely to see you and lovely to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Delighted to be here. Great. Now tell me, just just before, right, where I was talking about Romans and pensions and putting money aside. In a nutshell, what is a pension? Pension is just a savings account. It enables you to put money aside now while you're working to fund your retirement and give you the lifestyle that I think we all want when we stop working. So, so it's just basically a savings account. And then, of course, what you do is you decide the way we're going to save is either we'll buy a bond or we'll buy a stock of a company or we'll just have a savings account and try to base it off, off interest rates. That's the general idea, isn't it? That's exactly it. But I think most pension savers are accidental investors because when they take out their pension, whether they do it themselves or whether they do it through their employer, 
they typically invest in the default fund. And then they don't really know what they're invested in. I think that's why pensions feel so abstract. But as you say, you know, pensions get invested into the global economy. So they have a carbon footprint and they have the ability to influence the shape of our world today. Well, tell you, before we go into the, the, that side, tell me now, give me some killer stats about Ireland and how we're doing. Because I was talking about the fact that, you know, we're in demographic terms, we're in a reasonably good sweet spot because we've got a lot of young workers or youngish workers. And we have a very small proportion of older workers relative to what we A, should have and B, other countries because of mass immigration in the last, let's say, 50 years ago, 60 years ago. OK, so those very older people are not really here in Ireland. In fact, a disproportionate of old Irish people live in the UK and are dependent on UK pensions. So let's talk about the stats now. What's going on in pensions in Ireland? Well, I think the context is that a lot of people actually, when you ask them, think that a pension is a really good idea for all the reasons we've talked about. But not enough people have a pension today and not enough have a pension that is going to be sufficient to meet their needs. If you think about the stats, we look at about one in two people having a pension, but that reduces to about one in three if you exclude people who work in the public sector. And then when you think about the average pension pot right now, it's about €41,000, which really isn't going to be enough to give anybody the type of lifestyle that they want in retirement. So, so, so 41,000, so that is the average wage for a year. So what you're saying is what people have actually set aside on average. So I'm sure there's this very small proportion of Irish people, very wealthy people are unbelievably well looked after. But the average is 41, that would last you a year. Yeah. So, so what do we do? Well, I think, you know, a lot of the work that we do is try to educate people, but you know, we did some research and I think some research was even published today. And what's really interesting, David, is that people don't cite affordability as being the main issue in their pension. And I don't want to dismiss this issue at all at the moment, specifically given, you know, the climate at the moment. But I think it does underpin that the real challenge that we have to face is associated with the fact that pensions in people's minds are something that is only relevant in, say, 20 or 30 years time. And it isn't something that, I suppose, feels relevant to things that matter to people right now, things that they're making decisions on, things that they're taking action on. So again, I, I suppose I hope this discussion changes the way that people think about their pension. Well, you know, given that we have a proclivity for quoting uh, saints and Roman legionnaires <laughs> and all such things, it's the St. Augustine dilemma of, please, Lord, make me virtuous but just not yet. So this idea is, I know that it's something's coming down the line. It's, it's actually human prevarication. It's, a, it's the reason you do your homework. When I was a kid, my homework was only done on a weekend, on a Sunday night when Glen Rowe was on. Okay? I didn't do my homework so at John all. didn't even do his homework <laughs> at all. But you had the same idea. Like, you got your homework on Friday. You could have done it on Friday. You could have done it on Saturday. But it's like, oh my God, it's Sunday night. I've got to do all my ecker, right? It's the same sort of prevarication that blights humans all the time. We can't see into the future. But it's also, when you're young, there's also the case of, there's, there's a lot to do. Like, you got to travel. Like, you got to save for a house. There, oh, like yeah. There's lots of all that other stuff. So this comes down the priority it comes list. Down, what Sam was saying is it's actually not, doesn't seem to the survey say it's not just affordability, it's just not on the front of your mind. Yes, yeah. And so and so, so, what would you suggest, Sandra? Because, I mean, it, it is fascinating because, I mean, the thing about all this is unless you provide for your old age, there is a very high chance that your income level will drop off quite, quite dramatically. Now, what we see a lot of stuff is all about kind of these, these silver surfers of, you know, older people who have loads and loads of money or online. Certainly if you fly anywhere around Europe, 
from Ireland. It tends to be typically a lot of couples, well-heeled couples in their 70s going, you know, to the Mediterranean, going to Spain, going to France, all that sort of stuff. But that's one thing. But the average older person is in danger of poverty. That's the other issue. Yeah, that's a very real issue. I think your point's really well made about, you know, other people have just different priorities. You know, I think the biggest opportunity for us is to make pensions relevant to things that matter to people today. Again, if you look around the world at the moment and you look within Ireland, cost of living is obviously a huge issue. But rapidly after that is climate change. And I think, you know, you were asking me, what do people not know about their pension? I think people do know that it is a savings account. I think people do know that they should be doing it. But I think maybe what they don't know is that actually we can have a really great impact in the world that we live through our pension, much more so than any changes that we make in our daily lives. And, you know, what's really interesting, David, about, you know, saving for retirement, addressing this gap and really making an inroads into making people's retirement much better, is that when people become aware of the difference that they can have in their pension, they actually really want to take action. We did a survey recently and over half wanted to find out more about their pension. And then over 80% said they would actually consider saving more into their pension if they felt that it was doing good by the planet and addressing something that was really meaningful for them. Okay, so this is a pension that isn't involved buying the shares of BP, Shell, all these. So what you're saying is you could actually construct, if you had the time and the inclination, a pension that would invest in companies that are actually environmentally responsible. And actually, it's not even individuals having to do it themselves. Providers like ourselves are already launching funds which are doing this on people's behalf. Okay, They're okay. called responsibly managed funds. Okay, so this is ESG. This is environmental, social governance, this idea. So what you're saying is that your pension can be actually almost, it sounds a bit weird, but a way of expressing your own point of view about the world. Absolutely, it can. And... I think it's a really growing area of focus for individuals, but also for investment managers like ourselves. And tell me, so in Ireland, what you're saying is people want pensions. They realize they have to do it. There's a little bit of inertia. There's a lot of, well, I'll get about that, get onto the, it's the bottom of my to-do list today. And how do you actually think that you could get this message across that, you know, we, we do have to get our kind of act together on this? I think the big thing is that when I think about what people are doing today, they're already taking action in their personal lives. People are changing the way they travel. They're changing the way that they shop. And I think they do want to have a more positive impact on the world. So if they have an option in relation to their pension, I think this is a really great way that where people can have that positive impact, actually at a level that they can never hope to achieve in their personal lives. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Sandra, can I just ask you, like, as Maka would tell you that I have kind of a background in the whole environmental stuff. So I love the fact that if pensions and money can actually work for the planet, all the better. We should be doing a lot more of this. But however, there is an element of greenwashing in this, you know, and how do you separate the real pension and the real investment from just greenwashing? I think it's a really great point. And you're right, it's it's a really growing area. I guess my own view actually is that most funds are actually going to be managed sustainably by design within a few years. And like even in the market at the moment, we're already seeing many providers launching new responsibly managed funds. But your point specifically, I think it comes down to, you know, calling providers and holding them to account for the actions that they take 
but really, really importantly, the impact that they have. Mm. You know, customers want to see that their pension fund looks and feels differently because the manager has taken sustainability into account or because they're managing climate change on their behalf. And I think that's a really key point. You know, I think the assumption that a lot of people make then is that because it's ethical and green and environmental and all the rest, that the returns would be slightly lower. That's a great question. And, you know, you're right. These choices are definitely going to be good for the planet, but they're really good for pension savers themselves. You know, speaking as an asset manager, we have to invest on behalf of our customers. So our first and only responsibility is really to do what's right by them. But as an asset manager, you know, we look across the global landscape and climate change is a huge macro issue. It's facing every global economy. It's facing every asset classes. And then you've got huge momentum in terms of global regulation, policy action, a lot of which is just getting started. Mm. So, you know, when we make investment decisions, we need to recognize that there's going to be risks to businesses that are unable or unwilling to adapt, which means they are going to underperform or maybe even fail completely. And then on the other side, there'll be opportunities for companies that develop sustainable products, which means that they're going to grow and succeed. So I think the really great news for pension savers is that this type of investing is not only good for the planet, but it also goes you know, hand in hand with achieving those returns that people need for their retirement. And, and could you give us some examples of, of some of the investments that you're looking at and that you invest in? Yeah, I think, you know, as we look at designing our funds, there's two main, I suppose, levers of influence. The first is that we're going to invest less or maybe even completely exclude companies that are accelerating climate change. So these are the types of companies that have high fossil fuel usage, they are involved in thermal coal, or maybe they're in Arctic oil and gas exploration. And then on the other side, we invest more in companies that are developing solutions to help fight climate change, like carbon capture technologies or companies which are changing to become more sustainable, like increasing their use of renewables, for example. Right. And then the second lever is that as shareholders, we have the ability to influence companies. And we're doing this to actually create longer term value. And we hold them to account for their actions. And we agitate for change. And you don't just have to do that alone. You can actually join forces with other global investors. And that's really important when we think about the world's largest companies and being able to really influence and drive change in those types of companies. This is kind of shareholders revolution, but from the environmental side. It's very, very, it's, it's, it's fascinating because when I was younger in this game, the kind of corporate raiders, the shareholders who were always extraordinarily active in the boardroom and extraordinarily active were the ones that were trying to, at every juncture, at every juncture, squeeze more and more revenue out of the asset, sweat the asset. The whole basis, John, of Wall Street, the movie. Do you remember Michael yeah. Douglas versus... Charlie Sheen and Martin Sheen. Bag of Sheen. the elephants. And Martin Sheen, exactly. Yeah. And Martin Sheen was an electrician at a an aircraft company. That's right, yeah. And your man was trying to break it up. And Charlie Sheen, Michael Douglas, and Charlie Sheen was his gopher, his little boy, right? Yeah. And But that was all based on active shareholder agitation. That's the 1980s. And it was all about squeezing the asset. Now, fascinatingly, 
you know, 30 odd, 40 years later, 30 years later, we have this completely different thing. It's, it's the same idea of shareholder activism. Now, can I just, can we end? And this is going to be a hard one, Sandra, right? But you're an asset manager. You're sitting down, you're watching markets all the time. We're looking at a very uncertain world. We have the war in Ukraine. We have across the road in the UK, what looks like a credibility crisis, currency going through the floor, guilt market going through the roof. We have an impending recession coming in the European Union. We have a huge amount of stuff going on over and above climate change and those sort of more existential long-term issues. How do you play the game now? How do you manage money? I think the really important thing for pension savers is to remain invested. That's number one. Actually remaining invested to continue to make your pension contributions year on year, month on month is just so important and has a massive impact in terms of retirement outcomes. But as we position our funds, I think there's three core principles that are really shaping our portfolios at the moment. The first, diversification. Everything you talk about, David, is exactly what we're faced with every day. See, we're trying to navigate those markets. And, you know, in six months and one year, there'll be new challenges again. So diversification across asset classes, within asset classes, hugely important. But specifically right now, risk management is a really core focus of our funds. And you mentioned all of these existential risks that are both current and probably prolonged over the next couple of months. Having funds which have, you know, a means to manage downside risk will be very important to people at the moment. Means to manage volatility, means to manage the challenges that we're facing in the market. So risk management is really important. And, and you're right, sustainability is really important, but it's also a big macro issue that every global economy is facing and every asset class is facing. So as asset managers, we feel really strongly that we need to take sustainability into account in order to manage those longer term impacts. Sandra Rocket, thank you so much for chatting to us. John is now rifling through his threadbare savings account, <laughs> uh, trying to figure out whether at this stage in our advanced years it'll make any odds at all. It will, John. It will. I hope. Will. I hope. <laughs> and listen, this is fascinating stuff. It's great from climate change to Roman legionnaires, all sorts of carry on. Listen, Sandra, lovely to talk to you. Lovely to have you in the show. And hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks very much. See ya. Bye. Thanks, Sandra. So there you have it. There are pensions in a nutshell, going from the German Bismarckian introduction of pensions Indeed. to the Romans, to greenwashing, to the environment, the whole shebang. Delighted that Irish Life partnered with us. Thank you very much indeed, Sandra Rocket, for an exceptionally professional look at the pension world. And we will talk to you all soon. Take care. This podcast was brought to you by Irish Life. Irish Life, trading as Irish Life Assurance, is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.